This is Locked On Red Sox on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Gabrielle, the founder of Girl at the Game, and congratulations on surviving the month of March. It seemed like it was going to drag on forever, but we have finally arrived on April 1st. Now, in most years, April 1st would be April Fool's Day, but I think we can all agree, and the general consensus seems to be, that given the current state of things, we already have enough going on without April Fool's pranks, and it seems like we're just not doing them this year. But that doesn't mean that there aren't some crazy April Fool's pranks from MLB years past to look back on. And one of the most famous is the story of Sid Finch, who became the ultimate April Fool's joke. In early 1985, Mark Mulvoy, who was the managing editor of Sports Illustrated, noticed that one of the cover dates that year was going to fall on April Fool's Day. So Mulvoy asked a writer named George Plimpton to write a story on April Fool's Day pranks in sports, much like I am talking about now. Unfortunately for Plimpton, he was unable to find enough material for his story, so instead, he and Mulvoy decided that Plimpton would write an article pranking the world. And this is what he wrote about. George Plimpton wrote a story for the April 1st, 1985 Sports Illustrated issue about the New York Mets discovering a pitcher who was going to change baseball. His name was Hayden Sidhartha Finch, and he had dropped out of Harvard, spent part of his adult life in Tibet studying to become a Buddhist monk, and he was trying to decide if he should become a professional French horn player or play professional baseball. He could throw a fastball 168 miles an hour, which he only did while wearing one heavy work boot, another barefoot, and a backwards cap. Hayden Sidhartha Finch, or Sid Finch, was basically like an even more impressive and much weirder version of Jacob deGrom. And nowadays you would think, the Mets have suffered enough, they don't need to be pranked, prank the Astros. But in 1985, the Mets were good. They'd finish second in their division and go 98-64. and And they had some of the best players and future managers on their team, including Ron Darling and Keith Hernandez, future managers Clint Hurdle, Ron Gardenhire, Billy Bean from the A's, crazy man Lenny Dykstra, Dwight Gooden. This was a team that was impressive. It's not like if you were going to make fun of them now. And also, they would win the 1986 World Series against the Red Sox a year later. So the article came out, and it was titled, The Curious Case of Sid Finch. They called him a part pitcher, part yogi, meaning a yoga aficionado and not Yogi Berra, to be clear. And according to the article, he, quote, looked like Goofy in one of Walt Disney's cartoon classics when he threw the ball. And you're all probably now picturing a very animated, very goofy-looking character, especially considering he only wore one shoe and it was a hiking boot. To really drive home the hoax, Sports Illustrated photographer Lane Stewart actually photographed a friend of his to portray Sid Finch's character. And the byline read, He's a pitcher, part yogi, and part recluse, impressively liberated from our opulent lifestyle, Sid's deciding about yoga and his future in baseball. And the opening line was, the secret cannot be kept much longer. It's also very funny to note now that the article calls Lenny Dykstra a swift center fielder who may be the Mets' leadoff man of the future. 
given that now Lenny Dykstra is absolutely insane. They really pulled out all the stops for this article, including faux interviews with players, talking about how the catcher Reynolds was in pain from catching Finch's pitches, and if you want to go and read it on SI.com, it's still there in its entirety in all its glory. The funniest part nowadays is that a story like the Sid Finch prank could not be possible because with social media and technology, fans and other teams are so educated and have so much information available to them at all times. And the thing with the Sid Finch story is that so many people fell for it because it was just a different time in terms of being able to be informed about things that weren't immediately at your disposal. There was no internet, no cell phones. New York sports editors were complaining to Mets PR. Newspapers from different states were sending reporters to look for this guy. General managers of other Major League Baseball teams called the commissioner of baseball asking about Finch. The Mets even gave Finch a locker between George Foster and Daryl Strawberry. The subheader of the article, he's a pitcher, part yogi, and part recluse, impressively liberated from our opulent lifestyle, Sid's deciding about yoga and his future in baseball. If you only took the first letters of each word in that sentence, it spells out happy April Fool's Day, a fib. And even though the article was super absurd, people bought it for over a week. In the following week's issue on April 8th, the magazine printed a smaller article announcing that Finch had retired, and the week after, on April 15th, they announced that it was a hoax. But it's become such an ingrained part of baseball lore that ESPN actually did a 30 for 30 shorts on it in April 2015. And the Brooklyn Cyclones, also in August 2015, did a Sid Finch bobblehead giveaway for the 30th anniversary of the prank. Other than that, though, I have to say it's actually pretty difficult to find any mention of April Fool's. I did an advanced search on the Red Sox Twitter page, and they've never once tweeted the words April and Fool's next to each other in the same tweet. I guess maybe because fans are so intense that it wouldn't end well for the Red Sox social media people to have to deal with those. But I did find an article from the Boston.com archives from April 2nd, 2004, entitled, Red Sox fans still believe. And given what we know now about the 2004 season, I thought that was really cute. And if you go back a little bit further, Pedro Martinez actually made his Red Sox debut on April 1st, 1998. They signed him to a six-year, $75 million contract, and in his first start in a Boston uniform, he went seven innings, only giving up three hits, no earned runs, and striking out 11 batters in a win over the Oakland A's 2-0, at the Oakland Coliseum. And funny enough, I was actually heading up to the Bay Area on this day one year ago to see the Red Sox play in Oakland. It rained during the game, and the Red Sox lost, but we had fun. And I will say, for my fellow vegetarians and healthy eaters out there, unlike Fenway Park, the Oakland Coliseum has an excellent veggie burger. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they're still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated the Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. 
Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you need to have your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a very limited time. Go to withings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's all I've got for pranks, but I do have more news about how the sports world is handling coronavirus, and unfortunately, it's not great. For starters, Wimbledon is canceled for the first time since World War II. And the Major League Baseball London series, which was supposed to have its second year this year, is canceled. Not postponed, but canceled. Now, you could argue that they're just canceling it instead of trying to postpone it because the logistics will be too much. But many people are saying that the reason it's canceled is significant regarding whether or not there will be a baseball season at all this year. And I have to say, it's looking more and more with every passing day like we won't get baseball this year. It just seems like it's going to be too much and too difficult to figure out. But I am holding out hope that we will get something because waiting an entire year for baseball to come back, I can't even imagine life without baseball for that long. And the other update is that the NCAA Division I Council voted a few days ago to grant an extra season of eligibility to all spring sport athletes whose seasons were canceled due to coronavirus, including baseball. And the reason I'm talking about the NCAA on a Red Sox podcast is because it's relevant to the changes that MLB and the players voted on last week in the baseball postponement agreement. Despite being able to return to school to play for free for another year, a lot of baseball seniors will still enter the MLB draft. But given the decision last week to shorten this year's draft from 40 rounds to just five and next year's draft from 40 rounds to 20 rounds, many athletes will likely choose to return to school. They'll be able to start another undergraduate program or a graduate program or transfer to another school. And NCAA is making a lot of allowances for things like scholarships in order to make this happen, which is really great for these athletes so that they're not just hung out to dry. And also because losing your last season as a college athlete is not fair, especially under these circumstances. So it'll be interesting to see how this ruling affects the MLB draft, but we'll have to wait a little bit longer to find out exactly how. As with most things that are happening in the sports world right now, It's just a lot of waiting to see what's going to happen. And finally, I have two polls to discuss with you because one of the only things that we can do right now besides watch old baseball games is ask people on Twitter baseball questions and see what they say. So yesterday, I put out a poll. And if you're not following me, my Twitter is GFSTARR1 and locked on is LO underscore Red Sox. I asked, do you think we will be able to have baseball this season? I'm curious about gauging where everyone's at now. So here are the options. Soon, maybe by all-star break, without fans, and see you in 2021. 1,255 people voted on this poll. 5.3% said soon. 35.1% said maybe by the all-star break. 16.6% said without fans. And unfortunately... 42.9% of you think that we will not have baseball until 2021. And 
I hate to say it, but I'm starting to think that I'm in that last category. And the second Red Sox poll was put out by Kevin Euclidus, as in Red Sox legend, Greek god of walks, Kevin Euclidus, who, fun fact, used to go to my synagogue when he played for the Red Sox. Kevin Euclidus put out a poll today, so the results are not final, but over 3,000 people have voted in it, so I think it's fair to put it out. He said, baseball attendance has gone down over the past few years. What are the reasons for baseball fans not attending more games? 6.5% voted more focus on strikeouts and home runs. 18.1% said length of the game. 14% said ease of watching at home. And a whopping 61.5% said the cost of going to a game. And the reason that I'm talking about his poll is because I quote tweeted as saying, cost of going to a game has to be the reason. Fans who truly love baseball will go no matter what unless they can't afford it. And the replies confirm that. Somebody said, 100%, I can't afford to take myself and two kids except maybe, in all caps, once a year. Somebody else asked, didn't you post something a while ago stating that the average cost to a baseball game was 250 bucks, give or take? I don't remember the exact numbers, but I will say that if you buy the family four-pack at Fenway, I think it's 100 or so dollars. Parking is 40 to $50 dollars. Food for a family of four, if you get, you know, four hot dogs and four fountain sodas, that's like a good 30, 40 bucks. Beers are each about $15 now. And that's not even including if you want to buy your kids stuff at the team store, a jersey's over $100 for a kid. T-shirts are 40 to $60. Yeah, it's very expensive. Somebody else said, being in South Florida, ticket prices aren't an issue. It's the price of beer and food slash parking. That's true, but it does, it all adds up. So if you're not spending money in one area, you're spending money in another area. Someone said it's supposed to be a family thing. Generations of it and the cost of games is an albatross for good teams. And someone said, as a family of five, if we drive to Fenway, park tickets at halfway decent seats, food, and maybe souvenirs, I'm looking at at least $600, and that's just one game. And perhaps the most damning evidence was somebody saying, I went to 24 Rays games in 2004, went to three games the past two years. Sole reason, cost. People have lots of different reasons why they don't like baseball. But at the end of the day, the thing that hurts the most is watching fans get priced out of the ballpark because you can't sit around and wonder where all your fans are when you're the reason that they can't come to the ballpark in the first place. And as for the option that you gave about the ease of watching at home, I will say that it's not actually that easy to watch at home because you either have to pay for cable or you're getting blacked out of games on MLB TV. And if you live in Canada, you're getting blacked out of every single Toronto Blue Jays game, which makes absolutely no sense that they would block out the entire country of Canada from its only baseball team. My only hope right now is that baseball will use this time to figure out how to come back better for future baseball. Because whether or not there's baseball this season, they need to think about the kind of future that they want this game to have. And there is no future without fans. So this has been today's episode of Locked on Red Sox. As always, you can follow Locked on Red Sox on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox, and you can follow me on Twitter at GFSTARR1. New articles are going up every single week on girlatthegame.com. And once this episode is over, tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked on MLB, our podcast for all things baseball. Thanks so much for tuning in. Stay inside, be kind, and as always, go Red Sox. Yeah.